So I would like for you to turn to Scripture. We're going to take a moment to go into the Word of God and uh, to 2 Kings chapter 6. And I've shared from this many years ago, uh, from this word and verse 24, we'll start there. Um, and let me put this in context of what we've been thinking, I've been thinking, that this one of the major issues right now that we are facing and the world leadership, the, the nations of the world in some way or the other are being affected. Uh, one of the truths is that the Ukraine and Russia are considered one of the, some of the major breadbasket nations. That a major portion of their exports is wheat, the wheat harvest. And it makes a major difference in the world economy because people can import. They're not growing that much. They don't have that capacity, maybe. But a vast percent of their imports come from Russia or the Ukraine. And the, the wheat, so they make bread. And it's, you know, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every, I mean, it, it just, we, we don't, but bread is an important aspect. And in some areas of the, the world, in China and India, perhaps a little bit in Indonesia too, the rice is another harvest that's important. But we see the inflation go up immediately. We, I think, uh, a few days ago, we got a, a roast, already roasted chicken from one of the stores here. And what we used to buy for $4, or $4, was now $10. And you go to get your gas filled. And in California, it's $7 plus a gallon. And so it is the expense of for a regular people. It is double what they used to spend. Uh, and we, we have to make sacrifices to fill up our gas tanks. But just think of some of the other nations like Ethiopia, Kenya, um, Senegal, Cameroons, uh, Angola. Zambia, some of those nations have, have been very dependent on um, importing some of their food items like wheat. And when it's very expensive, they can't afford it. And people go without bread, that they are near, near starvation, then it's what we would call a famine. So there are already articles we are seeing that the extreme inflation will may lead if this goes on. Though sometimes when we say, Lord, this can't go on, it's not just for the 
sentiment of peace, but it drastically affects the economies of the world and many poor people are so badly affected. They are near starvation. So I thought we would, uh, um, and then we see these normal people who had a normal economy and a good, good quality people. There are some of the most largest numbers of churches in Ukraine. Uh, there are people of faith and uh, they love Jesus. And yet here when the bombs come, they have to flee. And now the Luda was saying there were what, about uh, nearly 7 million people may have had to become refugees. Uh, that's a lot of people. And the economies of Europe have to absorb that, those refugees. And we send blessings to all of these people who are receiving these needy, hurting people. From We bless Poland and Hungary and Moldova and a lot of the neighboring nations. And, even, uh, and then they are sending a lot of help there. And our president has been there, which is quite a st another story. Uh, that, uh, but um, in this scripture, we look at Second Kings chapter six, verse twenty-four. It says, "And it came to pass after this that Ben Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his host—that's an army—and went up and besieged Samaria, laid siege to Samaria." There was a great famine in Samaria. And say famine. And so this, the Bible talks about that. And behold, they besieged until an, a donkey's head. The King James says ass's head. But that's donkey. A donkey's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver. And the fourth part of a cob of dove's dung for five pieces of silver. So... That they were reduced when you are near starvation. And this is a siege. So uh, there would mo a lot of the biblical cities and regions had fortified cities. Wherever the main population gathered, they would have a large wall that would uh, protect them. But the army of, uh, it says, the, the Syrian army, had gathered all around, so they would not let in anybody, not let out anybody, and so they are, they have to stay there within the besieged city, and so very quickly starvation uh, situations happen, and that's where a lot of those cities right now in Ukraine, they have not been able to import. There's a lot of, you know, we some of these truckers strikes, and I was struck by and really fascinated by the lives of those truckers in Canada. How many of you saw some of the news reports about the Canadian truckers? Were you? I mean, it, they were really interesting people. And they just said they had had enough of the control and the mandates coming from their, their government, Ottawa. And so there were hundreds of trucks were lined up. It was quite fascinating. But what the Lord seemed to bring to our minds was 
our economies, Canada's economy and the U.S. economy, is very dependent on the trucking industry. If they are not allowed to do their work and they can't go across the country, you know, some of them had to prove that they had gotten this COVID uh, vaccine and some just did not want to do that. They thought some this does not affect us in the way they think and they, they had a conscientious objection to getting these injections. Well, they either got the, got the shot or the, the traffic was stopped. So, I mean, there was a danger that the truckers could not do their work. So in, if they can, they are from, they are the, some of the main ways by which we get our food. And so even now, there are some regions of the United States that you see the grocery stores are not as full as they were. How many of you have gone to shopping and seen that the, 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 the things are not full like they were? That it is, you have to make up your mind to go shopping and you have to work a little harder, but it could get worse. So this is the situation that uh, this is, they had to, there was, they couldn't they have normal bread and chickens and lamb and uh, beef that they were reduced to eating donkey's heads and dove's dung was the diet. And, uh, and uh, the Lord is watching. Uh, the reason, this is, this is in the word of God and you, I, I think we, we learned some lessons here and uh, this Ben-Hadad besieging Samaria and so God's people are under attack. As we saw, uh, I'm so glad we had a little bit of the video of these people of Luda's husband was the first one who started that off for us. But they are using a lot of resources and people like us and many other churches are sending support. And I'm grateful for different organizations. We could, I knew that we had direct relationships, which I, some of them, Ukrainians I've met over the years and uh, the other related church that we have in Maryland called Father's House is an ongoing relationships there and so we could direct our funds through that situation to know definitely that this is specifically going right now to the Ukrainian refugees to feed them, house them, uh, take care of their kids but the, they are reduced, their f food is donkey's head. Say donkey's head. Dove's dung. I don't want to be reduced to eating donkey's head and uh, dove's dung. Now, but as we look at that, I also want us to look at it in this aspect of that we also have been reduced to when you eat donkey meat, you also start thinking like a donkey. But uh, that donkey thinking, and I'm defining this, that often we have been fed this diet, constant diet of donkey, 
donkey's heads and dove's dung. The, the dove, for me, is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. He has been there, but he's no longer there. He's flown away. So you're partaking of stuff that was way back, but not present. And so a lot of the media stuff, the spirit of humanism, the whole thing about, you know, thank God for states like Texas or Florida. Right now they're saying, Florida, there's a controversy going on. A lot of corporations are joining in against this. But the Floridians voted and said, because we have, in many ways, been asleep at the wheel, if I can put it that way, that we have let the secular educational system take possession of our children, and they have been teaching them homosexuality and other things that would complicate a young young child just five, six years old does not need to be complicated. Mom, am I a girl or a boy? But And then it's been really almost insane with the kind of thinking they've imported in many of the public school system that would make a, just a regular. We want our children it's, it's pr- plenty of challenge to just teach them the Bible and to be honest and be well-behaved, etc., etc., rather than them being confused about their own sexual identity. I mean, it used to be when the doctor delivered baby, so it's a boy, it's a girl. Now it could be 33 versions of a, what kind of person that would be if they've confused it to such a degree. But that is the spirit of humanism or the spirit, well, of confusion, total confusion. And um, the Bible says a fool has said in his heart there is no God. A lot of these people have been for years, we've been talking about Christmas. They hated Christmas. They didn't want, in fact, a whole thing for a number of years, we, they would say happy holidays. You would say Merry Christmas. No, it's a happy holiday. I don't believe in holidays. I believe in Merry Christmas at Christmas time. But the previous administration, I believe, when President Trump came in, he introduced and said, we are going to go back to sing, saying Merry Christmas. Now, it may be a small thing, but I thought it meant a lot. So the, our, the board, they found in the educational system that many of the school boards were very humanistic, and they brought in, imported all kinds of very risque and sexually confusing material into libraries. Yes, but um, there were, in fact, this last week, they demanded that U.S. soldiers could not serve unless they got shots, the COVID vaccine. And some of them said, my conscience does not allow me to get this shot because the effects on some, uh, it, uh, there are some real questions about how it's affecting ladies, their se- systems, how it's affecting young people. There are a lot of 
suspicion that there is heart disease is coming on way early upon young children because they have had to take this shot. Um, you have seen this controversy where this young man who had gone through puberty, everything, and decided, I think, that he was going to be a girl. And uh, winning all the competitions. And the girls say, this is a girl's sport. And there's a man, young men, getting all the awards. And uh, this is, these are some of the issues that I, I, I consider that donkeys, donkey thinking. And uh, so a lot of soldiers who want to serve the army said, no, you can't serve because your, your conscience will not allow you to get this COVID shot. Um, and uh, by the way, some of you may have seen, this of course is in foreign country, Afghanistan, that they decided last week that they, were, they had high schools for girls. They started them and then overnight they decided, nope, this is not Islamic. So high school girls would be weeping out there because they could get no education. It was not legal for them to go to high school. That's, I think, if I may submit, that that's donkey thinking. And uh, so, at that time then, we, we read, um, and there was a great famine in Samaria. Behold, the besieged until the donkey's head was sold for this prize, four score pieces of silver, doves dung for five pieces. And as the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help me, Lord, my Lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord does not help thee, do not help thee. When shall I help thee? Out of the barn floor or out of the winepress? And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, This woman said unto me, Give thy son that we may eat him today. That's, I mean, it sounds extreme. And we will eat my son tomorrow. Then chapter 7, verse 1, Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus said the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. So here the prophet of God, Elisha, says God's going to give us a miracle and he's going to change overnight the situation. And it looked so impossible because the armies of Syria had already surrounded them. And as Elisha gave the word, and that's why I'm, I'm saying, Lord, we're going to stay firm in intercession. And we're going to pray, Lord, give us a miracle. Give us a turnaround. And quite a bit of attention is focused on the, the, the leader of Russia named Putin. And uh, that all these cruelties have been quite a bit. You can point to him as a source of this darkness. What is the prophetic word for us here? Um, we are praying. If we don't get any pr prophetic word, we at least we know that we need to stand in the gap in the middle of this thing saying, God, 
give us a miracle. Here, Elisha speaks of a miracle. Give us a miracle, a turnaround, break the curse that Ukraine will be th free. We talked about during the uh, Friday, said Aslan, which C.S. Lewis pictures as Jesus Christ himself in his books. We said Aslan is on the move, that Jesus Christ is on the move. He is going to hear our prayers. And Lord, look at these children. Look at these widows. Hear the cry of the people who are trembling in fear and give us a transformation in Europe. Give us a miracle where the word of the Lord will come to pass. We find Elisha the previous time Elijah had prophesied there would be a time of famine. There would be no rain until the Lord turned things around. And uh, when Elisha, here's the prophetic word that overnight God's going to turn the situation. And uh, the king's servant, then a Lord, Lord on whose hand the king Lean answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? He said, Behold, thou shalt see it. This is Elisha speaking. So the doubt is spoken by one of the king's uh, emissaries and says, There's no way this could happen. And Elisha turned around and said, Because you doubt, you will see it, but you will not be able to partake of it. And, there were, and here comes the, the fun part for me is, and there were four lepers, four leprous men at the entrance in the, of the gate, and they said one to another, why sit we here until we die? So they are, because they are complete lepers, uh, they, are, they are at the entrance. They are not allowed into the city. Because there was, so how many of you remember seeing Ben-Hur, the movie, remember? And uh, his mother and sister are captured and imprisoned. And in fact, Paul has been, at one time, the apostles were put the same thing at one of the bottom layers of this prison where it was horrible, horrible conditions. And that's why in in uh, the book Ben-Hur was written, by the way, of a Confederate general named General Lew Wallace. Wrote a st he just, God inspired him to write a book about the Bible. He, it was fiction, oh, Ben-Hur, but it's based on, I mean, are, these are real things. There were lots of lepers at that time, and leprosy was very feared. And here are four leprous men, and the Lord tells us is these are these are the most outcast of the outcast out there and uh, sitting at the gates and there is famine in the land and people have been driven to eating donkeys heads and doves dung and uh, 
they say, looked at themselves and said, why are we sitting here and starving? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city. and We shall die there. If we sit still here, we die. We're still going to starve. Now therefore, come, let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. So these are four lepers. And they're saying, we have to make a move. If we sit here, we're going to die, starve to death. If we go into the city, they're going to see lepers and the way the custom is, they will start throwing rocks at us. That's, you see that in near the conclusion of Ben-Hur, what has happened to his mom and his sister. They have turned into lepers. And, uh, I mean, Bonnie and I, we ministered when we were in some parts of the Africa, Africa, different. We, they used to bring lepers to the healing services. So, and God gave us confidence. I mean, that we would heal, lay hands on everybody, including the lepers. But some, you know, like, I bet some of these guys that were sitting there, one, their nose had fallen off for an ear. I mean, it, that's it's a very terrible, tragic disease, and parts of your body fall off. So they're sitting there, and can imagine maybe one, someone's one of the names is Roger, another one is Jack, and say, "Hey, Roger, did you notice that your ear fell off?" I mean, this and well. Yeah, you're talking about my ear. How about your fingers? They're all gone. I mean, they are lepers. And so they're, they're deciding now. We're going to go into the... Here, we're going to die. Inside the city, they'll stone us. They'll kill us. We'll die there. But the Syrian army's out there. And there is a 50-50 chance if they see us and we are part of the city, they're going to kill us we die. But there is a chance they may receive us. So 100% chance we die here. 100% chance we die if we go in the city. 50-50 chance we might be received. So, they're willing to rise up and have exercise, even a little bit of faith, they're going to be received. And as they get there, this is the fun part. There's the <laughs> four lepers walking in their leprous outfits. And they, they had to wear a certain type of clothing in that you can't, would, couldn't, couldn't be able to wear normal clothing. They had to have a different kind of coat that could tell people that's a leper and avoid them. You can't touch. They were very, very afraid of getting infection. 
And so lepers had to stay away. They would, if they saw a leper, you might have seen some scenes from fictional scenes with the people who would cry out, leper, leper, <laughs> warning people not to touch them. And uh, here, so it's the most rejected part of, of a society and they're shuffling towards the Syrian army. And when they do so, that's why I, I love communion, I love coming and worshiping, because we worship a living God, a risen Savior. And our God is a God who is watching, who is hearing. Lord has said to you and I, I will never going to leave you nor forsake you. So the Lord is there. Lord, even today now, as these, we hear the refugees and the heartbreak, we, had, we were able to welcome Luda and, so, and see, of course, on TV daily, the hurt, the pain, the cries of the Ukrainians. But this may have, you know, there are other tragedies that have happened in the world. There's not the only one. But this is happening at the present time. But we are crying to the Lord. And this is the word from Scripture here. That the Lord is watching over us and over Ukraine. He is hearing our cry. And that he uses our faith. The, those people just getting up and walk shuffling towards the Syrian army. They were exercising a small amount of faith. And God used that faith. And the little shuffling noises, God multiplied it a millionfold. And for the Syrian army, they heard the sound of thousands and thousands of chariots and the horses coming at them, thousands of them, and the noise that armies make when they are moving. Like, you know, right, what the Ukrainians looking at, and there are several battalions of Russian tanks coming towards them, towards Kiev and other cities, Odessa, others. And you can hear the sound of the... Here, the Syrians hear the sound of a mighty army coming. And it is such an overwhelming sound that he, the, the Syrians were right there camped. And by the way, when some of them, when the armies some of the armies at that time in history, um, there were not like armies here in today's army. In those days, they would, if they were sure they were going to defeat the enemy, they would come with all their stores, they would come with their jewels, their treasures, everything, because they were going to come conquer and settle there. So that's what the Syrian army was doing. And they were happily sitting there, eating their food. I mean, they were in abundance. They were, I mean, they were eating steak, baked potatoes, enchiladas, whatever you think 
of his uh, great food and they were partaking. Suddenly, they hear the sound of zillions of marching army coming towards them. And the conjecture that the king of uh, Judea has found allies in Egypt and other countries. And those armies have come to stomp on the Syrian army. Uh, the lepers are going for broke. They have finally, in the desperation, faith has stirred up in them. And the heavenlies hears their shuffling little noise and multiplies it a zillion fold. And so they say, let's run for our lives. And the Syrians, they don't have any time to gather their storehouses, their treasures. They just run to save their lives. And so when the lepers turn up, it says, verse 5, chapter 7, And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. When they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. There was an army a little while ago, and now there is no one there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their donkeys, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink. And there, I mean, you know, they had left everything. There was champagne. There was all kinds of Cabernet Sauvignon. And uh, Guinness, cold, um, wonderful kebabs, rice dishes, enchiladas, like I said, tacos, whatever you prefer. And when they came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent, did eat and drink, and carried thence silver and gold and raiment, it's gorgeous clothing, went and hid it, came again and entered into another tent, and carried thence also and went and hid it. Then they said one to another, we do not do well this day. Is a day of good, good news, good tidings. We hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us now. Now therefore come that we may go and tell the king's household. So they said, it's unfair for us just to be selfish and just enjoy this feast over and over from one tent to the other. We got to those people back there in the city are starving. We need to give the good news to them. 
And so they came, verse 10, called unto the porter of the city, and they told them, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of men, but horses tied, and donkeys tied, and the tents as they were. And he called the porters, and they told it to the king's house within. And the king arose in the night and said unto his servants, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we are hungry, therefore are they gone out to the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, When they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. And one of his servants answered and said, Let some take up, pray thee, five of the horses that remain which were left in the city. Behold, they are all uh, the multitude of Israel that are left in it. Behold, I say, they are even as all the multitude of the Israelites that are consumed. Let us send and see. They took therefore two chariot horses, and the king sent after the host of the Syrians, saying, Go and see. And then went after them unto Jordan, and lo, all the way was full of garments and vessels, which the Syrians had cast away in their haste. And the messengers returned and told the king. The people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians, so a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel, two measures of barley, like the prophet had said, for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. And the king appointed the Lord on whose hand he leaned on to have the charge of the gate. The people trod upon him in the gate, and he died. As the man of God had said, who spoke when the king came down, so he, he prophesied over that man because he doubted the word of the Lord. Well, you, because you reject the word, you will see it, but you will not partake of it. So the Lord, the lesson here we learn is, is that in the midst of the lot of concern out there, but it's coming, a lot of it is donkey thinking. And uh, the spirit of humanism is defining a lot of things. And that's in that context, today I wanted to go back to this awesome story of the four lepers. And that the Lord, if the Lord can use four lepers who almost had no hope, the Lord used them and blessed the daylights out of them. Whatever they could take, whatever treasure they could contain, God blessed them. And so I am praying, and we are praying today that God give us a miracle, that God give us a turnaround, that whatever we hear, we want to really hear it in faith. Believing my God is a big God. We have said that. Say, my God, my God. is a big God. Is a big God. Our, God Our God is a God of miracles, God of miracles. Signs. signs, wonders. wonders. So, as the lepers went for broke, I believe that God wants us to believe for great turnarounds. And that God, 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 if God can use lepers, we use the four lepers. I'm not demeaning them in any way because they were the trigger points for an awesome, historic victory. But I want to say, if God can use the lepers, 
He can use us. He can use me. He can use you. The devil says, you're going to lack. You're going to have a, the inflation is going to take us. And I want to go look at the Lord and his provision. This testimony for us that came, this happened the last few days in the Ukraine where they had just had a liter of water and two container, two uh, boxes, I don't know how what size, of cookies. And it has lasted them day after day. God is multiplying. And I, I don't understand how he does it. But we have seen the miracle of multiplication. And out of one lunch, Jesus took it and fed 5,000. So we know our God can multiply today wherever there is a need right now, and especially in the Ukraine, in these thousands of families who are hosting other families. May there be miracles, signs, wonders. God was riding with the lepers. One of the names of God is the terror of Isaac. And he just put, he's a kind God, a merciful God, a God of provision. But to the enemy, he is the terror of Isaac. And he got them so terrorized and scared. They had come to conquer and they turned it around. And they were running for their lives. And it says the as they were running, they would took off part of the armor here, there. And so the land was littered with the remnants of these soldiers tearing off all the different equipment. And I'm wondering, I'm looking at this word. May God turn around today based on this word and other words of promise that God says there is a scripture Maybe I can find it in, uh, I don't know whether I can find it in this version. Um, but let's, you can look at it in Ephesians 3. Um, Ephesians chapter 3, this apostle had gone through a lot of pain and hurt. And he testifies here. Paul's, this is Apostle Paul's prayer. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts. As you trust in him, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. May you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So, the unlimited love of God. There is no measure to it. And he will. May God release his treasures on us 
his provision on us and on the Ukrainians. So if you have need during this time, I'm blessing and praying for every family who has been hit by this inflation, that God himself, this God, who gave a major turnaround as the lepers just marched towards the Syrian camp, he turned it into a mighty, mighty power that could chase away thousands of Syrian soldiers and scared them, the daylights out of them and made the Lord defend the innocents today who are going through this violence. May there be mighty testimonies like we have today of not only provision, but of great turnarounds. If the tanks are coming towards the innocents, may the Lord turn them around. I'm looking forward to hearing more stories of the testimonies of angels being loosed to provide for all these amazing people. Our God, we said, remember one of the names, our God is a God of angel armies. You certainly see angels work here. And uh, previously you've seen the work of angels as multiple thousands of uh, Israelites were escaping from Pharaoh's clutches. The army, he sends the army to chase them and really destroy them. And the God of angel armies, he, the terror of Isaac, the glory cloud comes down between the Israelites and the Egyptian army and does not let them touch one of the theory, the covenant people, the, the Israelis. And then literally the angels are involved in doing all kinds of things to the enemy forces. Many of them drown in the seas of the Red Sea. So this is that same kind of example of the Lord. Here he uses the four lepers. He's going to use you. He's going to use us. So we want to pray great prayers. May, may we bow our heads right now. Just And if you are able to be you're sitting next to someone, hold your hands. And let's pray right now that this story will come to pass in a special way, Lord. Thank you that you are losing your angels. Lord, today I pray for every family that has been affected by drastic inflation. People who used to fill their cars with gas, Lord. And the price has gotten so high that can not be afford to fill their cars. Cannot some cannot even be able to go to work. Lord, give us a miracle. Let the provision be made. In the midst of this, Lord, we know there needs to be repentance. Even in parts, far nation where they've disdained the provision right in our grounds. Lord, may we be able to make use 
of the reserves so that farmers can have fertilizers and regular working people can afford gasoline. Father, you are the God of angel armies. Turn now the enemy forces and give victory to your people. For every family in need, do a mighty, miraculous work, even today, Lord. Thank you that your love is far beyond any measure that no one can measure the love, the height, the breadth of the love you have for each of us. We receive that, Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen.